0: Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Get It Swept, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Mac CC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is the New Shalimar. At the New Shalimar, you will only find quality that is standard and unique. Presenting the regional cuisine of India and Bangladesh, all their dishes are prepared with care in the New Shalimar kitchen, using the finest ingredients and an authentic combination of spices which are freshly ground and prepared in their kitchen. Due to popular demand... Delivery is now available on takeaway orders. you can find out more by visiting www.thenewchalamar.co.uk without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest. this man is yet another member of the moors family cricketing dynasty a true clubman he has delivered when needed across the three Saturday teams. A former second team captain, he is held in high regard for not only his sledging but for his trademark shot, which he once famously ignored Khalid Sowers over and won a game for the first team with it anyway. He's a part-time cricketer, a full-time sweeper, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Moores. Curly, how are you? Very well, Milo, how are you? Yes, I'm very, very good indeed. Enjoying a you know relatively peaceful Sunday evening. How are things with you?
1: Yeah, pretty good actually, the same. Just having a little tinny and looking forward to having a, a chat with you about cricket and sweeping
0: very very good uh, anything nice on the on, on the pallet for this evening
1: one of our little craft ales that we've got into over the uh, over the lockdown period
0: i think it's fair to say we got stuck into them last night didn't we
1: we did we've done it for the last few saturdays to be fair Messrs melrose bostock other Moses, and guests also
0: and guests very good first question kills how, how are you dealing with the lockdown obviously got a couple of kids at home yeah tell us how it's going
1: Eh, It's fine. If I'm being honest, it's um, it's no great hardship for us. Any sacrifices that we are making this time are very much small compared to sacrifices that others are making so we're all very lucky with the house and the space and also very lucky to have the ability to work from home uh, so certainly financially haven't been impacted at all but more importantly the kids and a lot of fun actually I've really really enjoyed it feel a bit guilty I think I've heard others say the same that there's a bit of guilt creeping in because I I have enjoyed parts of of being locked down and working from home. Certainly, the working from home part of thing is uh, is is good for me and and great for the kids. So yeah, all all in all, pretty happy with it. Really.
0: How are Sophie and Jasper doing in terms of the old feralometer? Where are they? Where are they registering at the moment?
1: Well, Sophie's never been feral, blimey. She's a, an angel and loves loves the additional attention, loves the additional time, loves. Loves being at home. Really, they are both homebirds, and Jasper's uh, j- changed quite a lot. It obviously, he's at a point in his life. He's he's three, nearly four. Um, so we'll be going to school in September, hopefully. Um, all being well, and he is is really adapted to this new normal. To to. Cliche, but he has—he's been brilliant, and and he's really coming out of himself as well, which is great to see. He's still feral. He still is at, he's still is—he's still feral at times in the garden. He just yeah, we he, he he ingests things in the garden, which I I don't even know how he finds them. Uh, we found him the other week drinking from the waste pipe drain from the kitchen sink, unbeknownst to Rachel and me. <laughs> Walked outside and there he was, lapping it up. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> he's He's got some nerve, that boy, I have to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is the polar opposite to Sophie. But that being said, they get on brilliantly. They get on brilliantly well together. Jasper does as he's told. He listens far more to Sophie than he does to myself, which is, yeah, which I suppose is only right. We're the, we're the boys and we're the bottom of the, the pecking order, which is fine by me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure she's, uh, she's learnt well from her mother
1: she certainly has yeah <laughs> She's the park.
0: correct uh do you want to tell us what you do when you're uh, you're away from cricket
1: yeah i am a senior property manager for one of our um or one of the cricket clubs uh sponsors premier estates worked there for 10 years nine 10 years looked after very well uh, uh yeah great local company to work for love getting involved with the club rugby football and cricket so yeah and a bit of Sort of sporting heritage amongst the, the the directors as well, which is always nice.
0: Now, uh, moving on to some cricket here, curls. What would you say your earliest cricketing memories are?
1: From a from a non-competitive sense, obviously, or non-organized sense, obviously, it's it's family, it's uh, it's dad, Chris and Mitch at home. And actually, I think probably the earliest memories are are uh, birthday parties. Dad, dad always used to organize sporting parties at our house. With various games and challenges, and I think that was probably the first time we really, uh, we really saw it. God knows how how old or young we were when we had the the boys and girls round from school, but probably sort of seven or eight, um, and it was yeah, cricket in the hall or footy in the back garden or whatever. That was probably my earliest memory of it as a sport, but in, from an organised sense, it was it was primary school, St Alban's uh, primary school in Macclesfield, which had the deputy head at the time, Mike Diagnan, was the father of a of a good friend of mine, Phil Diagnan, and was a was a cricket enthusiast. Um, so he there was there was there was quite a lot of excitement from the lads in the uh, in the sort of older years, but definitely in year six. And having had Chris, my older brother, come through the school, also it was uh, it was a, it was an, it was a very very enjoyable introduction to organised cricket. Obviously not very pressured, but but still enjoyable. Myself, Phil Dignan, Ian Bogsey, Roberts, and a and a few others, and it was good fun, very good fun.
0: On the Jim Melrose podcast, he he made mention of uh, you know sort of playing cricket against your school, and uh, he did say that Chris Moores was frighteningly quick for a 13 year old uh do you, do you have any comment on that
1: i uh, no, i don't remember that at all I, chris never got to <laughs> chris never got to bowl i was always the one bowling being the younger uh the younger sibling chris moore's used to sit there and, and pat, block it out while i used to bowl and poor old mitch bottom of the pecking order completely used to stand it short cover or somewhere like that and just throwing it back to me but um no, I I don't really remember ever watching any cricket and, and being aware of anything other than your own game, I suppose. That's um so no, I don't remember. I don't I don't w I don't even know which school Jim went to. I have no recollection of any oppositions or anything. I only have a, a recollection of where we played which was the top field at St Albans and having a, a gun and more cricket bat which was held together with nails which I bought <laughs> from a guy called Ian Sutcliffe who lived on our estate and it was it was a gun and more skipper and it was glorious
0: Oh, that sounds delightful. Where did you play your first club cricket, girls?
1: The first club cricket I would have played would have been Maxonians with Dad. That was Dad's team, the ex-Kings team. For anyone who listened to Dad's podcast, Maxonians were yeah, old, old King's boys. And so that was the first club that I played for, probably not not that young, probably, you know, twelve, thirteen years old. I will have played some junior cricket for Mac, but first effectively senior cricket was Maxonians. Then into Parkside twos and then into the infamous Sunday third team under the stewardship <laughs> of Waco and then Latterly, Rick Nash.
0: And some very, very loose individuals.
1: Oh, some dreadful individuals. <laughs> and brilliant fun. Tins of beans out of the car on the way to away games and you know, hiding in bushes, egg runs. I don't think you spoke to Jim Marrows about egg runs when you were on his podcast. I didn't know. Oh, him and Matt Towns were the were the absolute kings of egg runs.
0: Now you obviously were making mention of of, of Dad, uh, which of course, for those that didn't follow, was Tony Moore's uh, previous guest of the podcast and just all-round absolute legend of a human being, the incomparable Tony Moores, I should probably say. Uh, He did obviously mention a few bits about Maxonians, which you've just alluded to there. One of the things I did think would be quite interesting to clear up, I asked Tony if if he remembers any sort of key stories from playing you know with with the three of you when you were younger and he told this story about um playing with mitch and then he couldn't decide whether it was you or mitch and you know a little bit of old age creeps in as as you expect uh, yeah do, do, do you think that was either yourself or mitch in in that particularly glorious story
1: it was me for definite. mitch didn't play mitch never played for Maxonians, i don't think that might be me getting mixed up, but I don't think Mitch didn't really come into playing any sort of cricket until he was much, much older. He might have played, he definitely would have been down watching Maxonians, but I don't think he played. He didn't have the interest in it at a young age that me and that me and Chris did. But yeah, uh, Nick Corliss, who was the guy who asked me to take my watch off, I think, yeah outrageous Uh, but but yeah quite a good introduction to senior cricket to be fair
0: and then when did you move over to playing senior cricket in Macclesfield
1: again it probably was a bit of a a disjointed affair because I will have been playing junior cricket and being down at the club regularly on a Friday night training and playing some junior cricket but then playing or watching Maxonians on a Saturday I think the first time I my first introduction to Mac senior cricket was was definitely the third team on a Sunday and that would have been at the age of about 15 16 17 probably that was with some good friends who no longer play at the club unfortunately the aforementioned uh, bogsy Phil Dagnan, uh, yeah Rick Nash uh, Louis Smith Ollie Ward and some other sort of old faces or older faces but that was good fun a lot of good fun at the at the third team but didn't at that point no indication no sense of accomplishment or uh, even sort of Competitiveness. It was just fun at that stage.
0: As I alluded to in your uh, in your introduction, you are a man that I think is fair to say a, a true clubman. You know, you've you've appeared for the first team, the second team, the third team. Often, as I say, delivering uh, when required, and we'll we'll get to a bit of that. But uh, you did have uh, a stint as captain of the second team uh, for a couple of years, and I, I think I'm right in saying you've played probably the majority of your your league cricket for the twos. So yeah, what what can you tell us about firstly your sort of experience? Um, with with the senior side and and indeed captaining for those two years?
1: Yeah, definitely will have played most of my cricket for the seconds by a long way. I think I did have a look at some stats earlier today and was pleasantly surprised to be second highest run scorer for the twos over my career. However, I am comfortably the player with the most games and innings under their belt. Uh, which makes me slightly concerned that I wasn't top and probably should have been second to Alex Griffiths, quite rightly so. Actually, uh, Nip has played probably more second-team cricket than he should have done, really, but has always been that in-betweeny player who always gets runs for the twos. All of my memories with the twos um, have been completely positive. I loved captaining. Captaining certainly reflects, I think, in my stats that I enjoyed captaining and certainly my best year was the second year of captaincy, both sort of individually and as a team. But I'm I'm a sort of cricketer who doesn't really remember performances. You asked me about, you know, sort of standout performances and I, I really couldn't really remember many. But I do certainly remember moments, team moments, wins, you know, Great wins, great chases, bad moments, low scores as well. So I, I really enjoyed captaining the twos. It was, a, it was a good year. We had a fairly decent side as well. So yeah, it was enjoyable.
0: I'd just like to move on to some of your stats now, Curls. And, and as you've you've already alluded to, you are the second highest run scorer for the second team. But I'm just going to go over your, your stats uh, for what they are. Usual caveat about play cricket. Although I think yours are, are pretty comprehensive, to be it honest. They would be, yeah. I would yeah. have thought, yeah. Yeah. So, in all, you've played 237 games with 201 innings, 36 not-outs, scoring 2,566 runs with a higher score of 96 not-out with 950s. Now, Curls, ordinarily I would move on to to some of the other stats. But before we go any further, it's been brought to my attention that Speam has not received much if any, airtime on the podcast to date.
1: Disgusting, absolutely disgusting.
0: As a purveyor of, dare I say it, red-hot speam, I'd like to invite you to, to make the case for the, the aforementioned bowling, well, let's call it an impediment, that is red-hot speam.
1: I think speam was probably first used to describe Rob Porter, a, a, a non-seam bowler, but you can't describe him as a spinner because he just doesn't spin the ball. So I think that's probably where it originated and then develops in the Nets at King's or Mac or Winter Nets or wherever. Speed bowling is a fine art form and and, and people people uh, particularly, you actually, Miles, were, 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 was aghast when I called somebody a speamer. I think it was Ed Large Banjo.
0: You referred to Ed Large Banjo, Ed Strong. Uh, I should call him his real name as uh, as a purveyor of speam. and. <laughs> I was absolutely horrified as a, as a fellow seam bowling, you know, opening bowler. I don't, uh, I don't quite have the uh, the tech as of Ed, but I was, uh, I was absolutely mortified when you refer to him as a speamer. Um, And then you played a game with him and you quickly change your tune. So you stand corrected for the record.
1: I do stand corrected because he is genuinely a, a, a seam bowler, but I don't think that speam. I don't think being called a speamer is a, is a, is a derogatory thing at all. It's a, it's an enormous compliment.
0: I mean, if I ever get to the stage where you're referring to me as a speamer, I shall. That will probably be the end of our friendship. To be yeah, honest. Well,
1: it's not that far away. I don't think, Marlowe. To be honest
0: with you, <laughs> quick enough for you, curls. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly onwards. Having talked about the glorious art of red hot speam, of which I, I think it's fair to say you are a purveyor.
1: Myself and Chris Thompson. Yeah, yeah. We're, um, the, two, we're
0: the two foremost foremost Right. <laughs> Now, I think it's, it, would be, um, it would be only fair to talk about your bowling statistics uh, for what they are. And there's, there's one thing in here that I'm, I'm deeply, deeply not looking forward to discussing. So, in all, you have bowled 30 overs of red-hot speam, bowling seven maidens, taking 11 wickets, and this is the bit I really don't want to discuss, with a best of five for 18.
1: Yeah, that's Tony. That's Tony. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it's Tony.
0: This is what I was hoping because I could (laughs) not sit here and listen to you telling me about 5 for 18. That's definitely Tony, isn't it?
1: Yeah, is it it a game against Congleton?
0: It is indeed. It's a game against Congleton.
1: I was definitely not bowling. I've bowled very, very few overs. 11 wickets, five of those are definitely incorrect. I would possibly go as far to say that 11 of those are incorrect.
0: Yeah, I I think what I'd like to do at this juncture is is to officially strike off all the wickets that you have and say they're they'll, they'll belong to Tony.
1: Uh, well, Tony it could be Chris, it could be it could be a number of people.
0: Mate, I don't care as long as they're not accredited to you.
1: I can't remember ever taking a wicket for the second team and I've played far far too few games for the third team to have, to have bowl that I would remember bowling if I played for the three as well. So now I'd say that they're all bogus, all bogus.
0: Well, as and when you do play for the third team again, I do not look forward to having you in my ear asking about bowling red hot beam
1: I will definitely be asking as well.
0: Oh, I know, I know.
1: To get some genuine wickets on on the <laughs> in the column.
0: Now moving on to your your fielding statistics, um, you are known to some extent as a wicketkeeper
1: to some extent well put yeah
0: i'll let you counter that in due course but yes that's what they are across all seasons are 115 catches 13 stumpings and seven runouts i'll let you take it away about your uh your blocking slash wicketkeeping.
1: uh yeah wicketkeeping. i sort of fell into wicketkeeping when i realized i certainly wasn't a bowler and probably wasn't a batsman either i just was looking for some way to get into the team's So I could do a bit of sledging. We'll come on to sledging later. But I, I love fielding. I love listening to Parks' podcast and about fielding and his thoughts. And I've spoken to him many, many times about about fielding and how how much he enjoys it. And I'm the same. I'm lucky that I enjoy it. And you know, I'm decent enough in the field. But the gloves came about uh, more out of necessity than anything. And I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed being in the middle of it. I enjoyed being involved pretty much every ball and and certainly kept for for quite a a big chunk of my second team career. Certainly when I was captain, I was keeping as well. And that was beneficial from a captaincy point of view as well. But I always enjoyed keeping far, far less so in the later parts of my career and particularly being asked by the first team to, to step in. It has never been much fun. And I've made
0: that no on the pitch. I think, to be honest, in, in those instances, it, it does lend a lot to your, your ability to be a, as much a sledger as a wicketkeeper in, in the first time. <laughs> no, joking aside, girls, I'm, I'm painting a, a bad picture of... Of your keeping and uh, prowess and credentials, you are a more than effective wiki keeper, and you have been called up to the first team on a number of occasions. And, and to my knowledge, you've you've never let anybody down. So
1: oh, you'd have to ask Otis Palms about that, and Porter, and everybody who has let who have let many many buys through for.
0: <laughs> they should have been given wide. So let's just leave it at that. They
1: should have been, yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent.
0: Unless it's my bowling, in which case you can take a buy all day. Um, <laughs> Anyway, moving swiftly onwards, there there are a couple of games I'd I'd like to discuss, Curls, that feature a a couple of your sort of better performances and just memorable occasions. The first is from the 13th of July, 2013. And this is the second 11 Premier Division. So Macclesfield second team versus Sale second team. And Sale won the toss and elected to bat. And they posted 232 all out in 46.2 overs. Now you were captain this season and of course that day. And you chipped in with a, a few contributions in in the fielding Uh, innings you took two catches off the bowling of Matt Griffiths and uh, a lovely cheeky stumping off Liam Leroy Markey yes
1: Leroy lovely
0: so in reply Macclesfield obviously needing to uh, get over the line 233 runs required Um, Azzy Khan and Josh Hearn opened the batting that day and, and laid a decent platform scoring 34 and 24 respectively uh, not too much from, from, from the middle order of uh, Jiggy and, and, and Ladnan. However, captain's knock required and, and here you are, 96 not out, your your top score. Take it away, mate.
1: I actually don't have a, a huge recollection of, of the game. I, I had a quick look and was trying to familiarise myself with some of the opposition. I only really remember Gareth Watterson, who I think got quite a few wickets in that game. Uh, who was a great fella and 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 was a guy who we had quite a few battles against over the years. Generally, Sale were were a decent bunch. Gareth Watson, Craig Wilson, and a few others. But I, yeah, I don't really remember that much about it. But that whole that whole season of of captaining, um, I. Very, very much enjoyed batting in that sort of middle order, and had the real the benefit of the of the older guard coming in uh, after me. Whether that was Witters primarily, DC, uh, Tony, that was was such a strong part of our entire game. Um, you know the you know youthful exuberance at the top um, of the order, and then some real gritty but also powerful older players at the bottom and I was sort of stuck in the middle somewhere so I don't have a great recollection about it I'm sure there will have been significant amount of sweeps in there although my (laughs) sweeping has become more prolific as I've got older Uh, back in the day I used to on occasion consider playing it on the offside Uh, it sounds ridiculous now but uh, yeah I, I think that day 96 I would go as far to say that at least 5% of those runs were on the offside.
0: That, at least, maybe that, more. That is a very, very bold claim. Um, it's a shame that wagon wheels weren't uh, weren't around.
1: It would have been heavy, heavily one-sided, <laughs> believe me. And and by one-sided, I mean really a quarter-sided, if that even makes sense. Everything will have been square leg, mid-wicket.
0: Do you remember the end of the innings and, and obviously being on in the in the nineties, were you aware of being in the nineties? Were you conscious of trying to get to the hundred or were no, you just no. not bothered at all?
1: Absolutely not. Um I think um Witters uh, was with me at the end and actually me and Witters had a, a rare old time at the end. Um I think they had you know they had they didn't have much bowling um and the, their wickets came from one guy I think um, and and he he was knackered. Um, so they brought on some yeah some some pretty poor stuff. Uh, me and Witters went to town, and um, I had absolutely no idea I was anywhere near. If I'm being honest, um, and Witters Witters came in and, and smashed it all over the place. He's still one of the cleanest hitters of the ball that I've ever seen, and used to frequently enjoy watching him come in um or go in and and uh and, and hit straight down the ground i i have no recollection of being in the 90s no knowledge of it um and doesn't really bother me in any in any way shape or form that i didn't get to those three figures
0: i was gonna say mate i think to be honest even if you were aware of it i think your response still would have been the same knowing the, the sort of bloke uh, no knowing the sort of bloke that you are <laughs> you, you, you probably wouldn't have been bothered by it at all it would have been get the win and uh Get in the bar
1: absolutely absolutely
0: <laughs> very good now there's another game that i just want to touch on which i thought was 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 worth a mention and perhaps this is where we'll maybe do a little bit of talking about um the, the fine fine art of uh gamesmanship mental disintegration or just plain sledging um this is uh, an, another game from uh, the the second 11 premier division um this is macclesfield second team versus local local rivals to some extent not so much these days but uh, local rivals oldly edge second team this is the 6th of may nice. 2017 uh, macclesfield won the toss and elected to field oldly edge posting 162 all out in 46.4 overs and then in reply macclesfield getting over the line Hundred and sixty-four for six and forty-four point four overs in the olderly Edge innings. I think you're involved just the once this time. Catch off Jack Massey and uh, in the Macclesfield innings again. Adnan Khan and Ishan Jain opening the batting this day. Uh, not not too much from them. Alex Griffiths captain and uh, a rare low score for him given how much you talked him up earlier yeah o- o- <laughs> ollie smith chipping him with 46 yourself batting number five that day 74 not out took it home i'm hoping you're going to remember a little bit more about this firstly because it was elderly and secondly because it was only a few years ago
1: yeah absolutely i still don't remember a great deal about my innings but definitely remember plenty about the game and a lot of games against Oldley. We, we, I think, I think if we would, if we were to look, we'd probably have a pretty good record against old Edge twos. A couple of, of of guys. They're quite a similar team to us, actually. They've got a few old faces dotted in uh, amongst some some young faces and some very good cricketers. On that day, there will have been Will Diggs playing, no doubt, and an Ollie Hall or somebody like that who. Who've dropped down from the ones um, or been away, but they also had a guy called Johnny Usher, who's who's big mates with Cal from his days of playing there, uh, but was all, always a great competitor and always seemed to get runs against us. I don't know if he got any this day. I'm not sure if he did, but I remember 162 being a, a score that we would struggle with quite frequently. Oh, I think it's it's, it's a bit it's common amongst the entire macclesfield it's probably been mentioned on a few podcasts about the 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 fact that we tend to be bowling heavy uh we tend to enjoy our fielding and and back ourselves to to defend anything however chasing down scores is definitely across the club not a strong point and that was definitely the case with this second team and and pretty much all second teams that I've been involved with so I I remember us getting off to a shocking start, and I remember batting with yeah with Ollie Smith. Um, didn't know the guy at all. He was really new to the club. Had played mostly third team cricket. Um, however, he immediately started to sweep, and oh, it was it was a joy to behold. I'd been looking for a sweeping partner for so long that it was uh it was lovely so we uh we put together a really good partnership um he batted really really well and allowed me to to scratch around um and uh and then unfortunately got out um i've got the scorecard in front of me he definitely deserved the 50 and uh and then we slumped again but this is probably my favorite of the knocks primarily because at the end i was then batting with Mitch younger brother and best mate, and that is um, that was brilliant. That was brilliant fun to, to to bring it home and walk off with Mitch, and uh, and always good to get get one over on Oldley. I think it was a pretty good day as well. Nice day, quite a big crowd. Uh, so yeah, definitely a, a, a positive memory of Oldley. I Long-term gen- listeners to the podcast
0: will know that former guest and club celebrity Pete Langley has been running 100k in a month for charity, by hook or by crook. He's now completed that challenge, and after a modest target of £200 was achieved inside 24 hours, he is now close to raising £1,000 for Parkinson's UK. He would like to thank anyone from the Mac CC community who has donated. No matter how big or small the donation, each one is appreciated hugely. The fundraising webpage is still open by searching langers100k on justgiving.com, and if anyone was holding back not believing he would do it, donations are still welcome now curls having talked about your stats and and some of your accomplishments i'd I'd like to move on to the section of the podcast i've most been looking forward to which is the discussion of the glorious art of sweeping Yes. Now you are widely considered uh, a foremost authority and and dare I say a visionary <laughs> sweeper um, pr- probably of your generation as a a lover of a sweep and and a, as a mere student should I say of the glorious <laughs> art of sweeping um I'd just love to talk to you about that most famous of disciplines.
1: It's 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 bizarre hearing other people speaking about a love for sweeping and I I I love it. It's not a. It's not a choice, or it certainly ha- wasn't a choice earlier on in my career to sweep. The real memory, outstanding memory that I've got of really starting to sweep heavily was playing against Neston bowler called Rick Dicky Thorne, who was who was a veteran. He was a crafty veteran um, and bold, slow. I mean, I'm talking really, really slow, um, <laughs> pretty much backwards. But dropped it on a. On a length, frequently, didn't have any change-ups, didn't have... He, he was a an, an old-school spinner who who used to get wickets from, you know, from bowling defensively. And he was a sweeper's dream. You would have loved him because he did drop it on the same length, ball after ball after ball after ball. And I remember getting some runs against Neston and developing, been able to sweep in front of... Square behind, square lap. It's such a, it's such a, it's it's a shot with such a multitude of options that uh, I don't know how you can't have a sweep in your armory. Um, some people hate it, and it's got me out a lot. Let's let's be honest. It's when I've brought the sweep out early in the innings, I've been pinned by most bowlers. But no, I, I, um, it, realistically, it's a it's a shot that I use because I am pretty out of ideas against slow bowlers on the offside. I'm not strong through the offside, <laughs> through mid through mid off or cover or extra cover. I can't play that shot at all. So it's a it's a default to go to the slog or the sweep. Well how do you sweep? How how have you how have you come into the sweeping world?
0: Um I, I it's a funny one really. I just I've always played the shot. Um even when I was younger, uh you know, playing cricket is sort of Eight, nine, ten, eleven. I just remember always wanting to get on the sweep, and you know, it's it's never left me really. I think the the one thing yes, was, does so no I'm riding the bike. The one thing that I I would say I'm I'm very much of of your opinion with it. I think uh in since I've been at Macclesfield, I've 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 found, and and I think this is as much just watching you go about the glorious art of sweeping, finding. Uh, an array of sweep shots is a very important thing and being able to to sweep it where they don't put the fielders is also very very key i yeah i, I mean i could just sit here and talk to you about sweeping for hours but um, the sweep cast. yeah absolutely the one thing i will say and i don't know i'm pretty sure you're, you're the same as me as much as i adore sweeping i have absolutely no interest in getting a reversey percy out Are you are you the same
1: no, because that would be, uh, well, not arguably, it would be on the offside. and Correct. I don't believe in the offside as a concept when batting.
0: It's not real sweeping. It's, it's what batsmen do, isn't it? It's the sort exactly. Of thing, it's the sort of thing Cal does.
1: Yeah, you need talent. Ben Morrison and Khaled Sowers having lap sweep-offs and reverse sweep-offs. No, no interest in that. Sweep the slow bowlers. But actually, I can see how people talk about, and when I say people, I mean batsmen talk about manipulating the field. And I can't do that on the offside at all. Um, I can take quick singles, I can drop and run, but I can't manipulate the field on the offside. Whereas on the leg side, I can um, and and will. And players who who knew me over my years of playing second team cricket knew that I swept. And uh, and and that didn't phase me in any way if they put two men out or three men out or whatever, It would open up some opportunities elsewhere. And as far as I'm concerned, if they're doing things because of of something that they know about me in advance, then I've I've won half the battle already. That's great. That's a great confidence booster for that they know what you do. I would never, ever let on to a batsman that I knew his name or who he was or what he did. Ever such a compliment?
0: Oh no, absolutely. And uh, as as I said, you know, mentioning perhaps is is a good segue in, into a little a little bit of uh, a little bit of sledging talk. You know, you you regard it as a as a, a fine purveyor of of sweeping. You, you've also got somewhat a reputation as as a, a keen sledger. Um, do, is there anything you have to say in your defence?
1: Absolutely nothing in my defence. No, um, everything that I was known for, I did for sure and. A lot worse as well. Uh, One thing that I would say about sledging, I, I, I was never ever. um, I was listening with interest to Chuck's podcast because I knew that he was he he had a reputation and he wasn't particularly well liked. But he made the very very valid point of um, of of always having a chat in the bar. Always been very very uh, open to that and what's you know what happens on the field stays on the field. I have tried valiantly to do that, but back in my earlier career, I probably wasn't particularly successful. If I'm being honest, people did not like me at all. Um, and that—that that is a bit of a regret, to be honest with you, because it was certainly not fun to... Um, to not have a a beer with with the Oppo after the game, it was absolutely not what I was about, and um, I don't. It wasn't certainly uh, across the board. Uh, we had some players um, and teams that we played against who we would always get stuck into on the pitch both ways, and always have a beer, grappin' all. Um, being one that comes to mind, Nesting as well. Um, however, there are uh, the odd club. Um, Chester, one that comes to mind straight away, and Bert talked about Chester, their second team really, really did not like me, and it it showed on the pitch and after the pitch and in their report writing, and that doesn't bother me at all, I don't think I went overboard at any any time, but (laughs) it was more more volume more than quality, uh, I think, with me, particularly being keeper.
0: Typical wicket keeper.
1: Typical wicketkeeper, yeah, just never shuts up. Yeah, um, and that was definitely me. However, there are definitely, I definitely play the game differently now. However, my reputation precedes me frequently. Mm. I remember playing a first team game, and this was what I spoke about just earlier about knowing somebody in advance. Uh, and I walked out against Hyde for the first team, and I was referred to immediately as the second team gobshite, and I hope I'm allowed to say that, but it wouldn't really work without it. But James Duffy, of all people, one of the nicest players and people on the planet, or so I'm told, <laughs> referred to me as the second team. Yeah, um, and that, I took a lot from that, actually. I hit it directly to him at gully next ball, however. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think there are a few regrets with how I probably behaved. Um, occasionally on the field, but it was always through a real desire. I never really intentionally was a sledger. Tony Moores is the same. He just can't help himself sometimes. <laughs> so competitive, so keen. And I've always tried to be very much about technique and circumstance and definitely not personal in any way.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think for me that that's the same thing. You know, I've I've always viewed... Of cricket, that you know, you you play it hard and fair, and certainly as a captain I, and and a bowler as well, you know, don't shy away from the the battle and the confrontation. But you know, one thing, um, one thing, I I, ne- I never stoop to and, and nor do i ever allow is is any sort of abuse or uh, personal things it's it's always more about you know mental disintegration i i like that term i have to say a bit more than than uh sledging or gamesmanship but
1: uh yeah absolutely And it, but it's something that's through the club i think and that's not something to be you know disappointed about or regret as a club uh we're certainly not the most loved club but who wants to be the most loved club, really? You want to be the most successful club. And and if you've got a reputation for being fair, then fair enough. I remember a hilarious moment at a league dinner where we um, we won uh, the Fair Play Award, would you believe? <laughs> um, and I was walking around with Barney Cutbull, I think, and a guy came up to Barney. Didn't know who I was. I can't remember who it was came up to Barney and and I was stood you know, just as part of the group and he shook Barney's hand and said, Hi Barney, how are you? Really, really pleased to see you won the Fair Play Award. Completely deserved for your first team. But your second team are dreadful. How on earth have you won the Fair Play Award if it's a club award? And at that point I introduced myself as Andy Moore's current second team captain. Pleased to meet you. And then walked off... um, Barney, will remember who it
0: was. But well, I think that's probably an appropriate moment to stop uh, discussions of of occurrences at league dinners, especially with regards to the <laughs> second team. No names mentioned, Dave Cowan. <laughs> um, moving moving swiftly onwards, uh, there are a few stories that I'd I'd absolutely have to bring up with you. Um, a few which have already been mentioned heavily on the podcast before. Oh,
1: these aren't going to be
0: good. Straight off the bat, I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm going to say two words diamond duck
1: yeah not my not my most not my most proud moment on the cricket field however in my defense early doors it was a it was a social friendly game um however in um in in Burgey definitely doesn't need a defense but uh to to speak about Burgey um who is a a very, very good and long-time friend of mine. Um, the worst part about that, and he mentioned it because he knows me, the worst part of that was the lack of celebration. It was the worst. It was horrendous. I really wanted him to run. Run, I say run. I really wanted him to waddle off, celebrating, giving it the big the big whoops. But no, nothing. Just a, an expectation almost that he was going to get me out first ball of the innings
0: in his uh, brilliant re- retelling of the story on his podcast he, he mentions sort of uh, let's say waddling up to you and and saying don't worry mate happens to everyone is yeah. is this true
1: yeah 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 it was something <laughs> along those lines it was um chin up or well tried or something like that like i've said to so many people when 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 walking off the pitch but it was killer it was it was absolute Gamesmanship of the highest possible order, and he knew that I would always remember that moment. Uh, if he'd have celebrated, I would have felt better about it, but he, he didn't, and he knew that.
0: Very, very good indeed. I tried to sweep it, but I mean. It, well, he does claim that he, he was daring you to sweep him.
1: Yeah, well, I was always going to do that. It's not much of a dare,
0: is it? But... Well, no, exactly. I'd, I'd have done the same thing. <laughs> Um, moving swiftly onwards, I don't want to talk about Burge anymore. Um, on the on the Jim Melrose podcast, I, I mentioned about his perennial parking issues. Um, pleasingly, he doesn't now suffer those, especially when he goes to the Bostocks' residence, where you know we're all quite partial to a barbecue. One such barbecue does spring to mind with uh, with young Sophie and Jasper taking quite prominent roles at the barbecue. Um, <laughs> Would you like to regale us with this?
1: Yeah, I don't know which part of this story is my favourite, Sophie's involvement or Jasper's, but I'll start with Sophie's. Sophie is, takes after her mother, I think, in that she is very sporty. And she loves playing cricket, playing, playing a, bit of, uh, a bit of football, anything, anything. She loves it. And uh, she, she was playing cricket with, of all people, batting against Rob Porter. And Sophie uh, decided to smash him over the fence a couple of times to everyone's amusement. Um, However, the the amusement was short-lived because whilst all this was going on, young Jasper had managed to break free of our attentions and was over by the barbecue. I'm thinking, what's the worst that he's going to do? Eat some of Bozzy's spicy chicken or... God forbid he'd eat some vegetables, you know, he takes <laughs> after his mother from leek with, you know, vegetables aren't a thing. However, no, Jasper chose a very, very um, potent rum cake, I believe, made by, and brought by Karen Porter, although Porter would have to confirm that, and got stuck right into it. Didn't even use his hands, just face into the rum cake. Um and and then just went fetal, just curled up. He, he must have eaten a lot of it before we realised. Um, yeah, I think he had an immediate hangover and was sort of curled up in a ball next to Rachel. It, just, just, uh, he's a feral human. He is a little feral
0: human. He, um, I, I'd like to think that probably won't be, or probably hasn't been his only hangover. It's fair to say.
1: <laughs> probably not, probably not. <laughs> but the rum cake did it for him, yeah. He didn't see it coming at all. Bless
0: him. Very, very good indeed. Um, now, moving, moving on to some, uh, some, some, some incidents a, a bit closer to cricket. Um, you've experienced quite a few Aussies over the years and, and certainly, I think it's fair to say, shared one or two drinks with them. Would you care to mention anything about recent podcast guest, Mr. Evan Gulbis?
1: Yeah, he, Evan was... Um, Evan came when I'd... He, he came in a really good year, actually, when the, the social scene at the club was just starting to to take off we were probably i reckon that when he came our our general friendship group was was i'm going to say peaking we were in 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 good shape uh and he got a a proper macclesfield and england welcome um he rocked up uh with this god awful hair um, and, and the the attitude to go with it, which was brilliant on the cricket field, brilliant off the cricket field, but it tends to get him in the odd scuffle, the odd bit of bother. And on the first night, uh, I think he was in England, uh, certainly his first Saturday night out after a game, and we were making our way either home or to the next establishment, probably somewhere near the Swan with Two Necks, and we uh, encountered group of lads. Um, now, being from England and, and being out a few times, they looked like the guys you'd go nowhere near ever. Um, whereas Evan didn't seem to think that. He decided to give them some abuse about a hamburger or a beef burger, if I remember it. Anyway, it kicked off um, and turned into a, 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 an almighty ruckus. Um, I was young enough to... To be quite brash still, um, but had absolutely and still have no experience with fighting at all. And and some guy told me to run off, uh, and I said I've not done anything wrong, and then he hit me in the eye. Um, the the positive side of this story was that I did actually manage to get a six week extension on my dissertation. So it will this will have been two thousand and four, something like that, two thousand and six. Um, I managed to get an extension on my dissertation because there was blood in my eyeball for about six weeks to two months because this guy just thumped me. I like to think he was some massive guy, but I think it was just that I'd had enough beers to not even see it coming and probably not even react at all, but... I still play Martin Evan. He probably thinks differently.
0: I'll be sure to quiz Gobbler about that and see what he's got to say for himself. Now, uh, one one of the other Aussies that I, I know you you great pals with um, is is of course Tags, and I thought I'd I'd let you maybe uh, set the floor for a, free, a future appearance from from Tags and, and tell us about him.
1: Yeah, I would love to see Tags on the on the podcast. He was your typical Aussie uh, when he came over and. Um, and it was at a time when I was at uh, uh, a, a gap year in between my uni course. I had a, a year out where I worked at the bank or something, I can't really remember. But we spent pretty much the whole summer together. Um, we worked down uh, at the club with um, with the great Bernard Hackett um, and... Me and tags, yeah, basically did the grounds and and went out and had a lot of fun. Um, he um, he was he's been mentioned a couple of times, I think, and he was a very very good player, um, but suffered with injuries and certainly did suffer with injury fairly early on in his in his Macclesfield uh, year. Um, But before that, certainly made some noise on the pitch uh, with his bowling and then made plenty of, plenty of noise off the pitch afterwards. He, yeah, he never, he played the whole season. He was never injured enough to not play, but he he was a a very, very good batsman, but he wasn't uh, uh, over here as a batsman. Um, But he did, he did definitely galvanise the club. And he was the first, uh, he was the first Aussie that I, remember properly uh, properly being pally with and there's been many many since such a massive part of the club atmosphere the club ethos just the club social life generally is that is the Australian you know it doesn't have to be an Australian it normally is but the overseas the, the, the social the social binding together of the club is something that I still think remains really important and we don't really care how good the Aussie is as long as he's going to fit in and we've been fought Enough to to have some Aussies handpicked for us. I think Tags was one of them. That being said, uh, we've had some that weren't handpicked and have been fantastic as well. And you know, we've had a whole variety of different characters. But yeah, Tags is certainly a memorable one for me. To the extent that I went over for his his wedding. He came over here a few years after he'd been and and proposed to the lovely Jacinta up near Mickey Jones's place. Up Higher Fence Road. Um, and yeah, I went over to the wedding and had a lovely, lovely time also.
0: There is another rather infamous story involving yourself, Mitch, Benno, and a certain Nathan Allen and the roof of Ronnies. Um, could I could I press you for any comment?
1: Oh there was police involvement, um so I'm probably loath to comment too much with some of our our great esteemed uh, police officers at the club. However, what I would say is that me, Mitch, Benno and Nath um, used to not like getting to Ronnie's until after two o'clock in the morning. I don't know why. Uh, we we just wanted to you know, sample all Macclesfield's delights before getting to Ronnie's and finishing up there. Uh, that often meant that we would not be allowed in. Um, however, it didn't often stop us. Um, But I think Ronnie's had changed um, (laughs) their security um, and forced us to try and get in over the roof. Uh, A very high roof, a horrendously dangerous thing to do. Um, And uh, the police were called because everybody in the entire courtyard could see that we were on the roof. I don't know if we thought we were invisible or what. Um, However, the police were called and we were asked to come down and we hid. We decided to hide on the roof. Um and thought that they'd just go away and they didn't. Uh so we <laughs> ended up coming down very sheepishly. Um and the, we thought we were gonna get arrested, we really did. Um, and the police just said, Yeah, don't do it again and sent us on our way, quite fortunately. We must have been sweet we must have sweet talked them. Nath Allen must have sweet talked.
0: Well, there we go. And um lastly before we finish up the section, talking of Aussies, is there anything you'd you'd like to direct to, to Mr. Nick Bertus while we're at it?
1: Oh uh, Bert was well, Bert's, Bert. was one of the guys that I was thinking of when he wasn't handpicked for Macclesfield. I don't believe he was. He was picked up off one of these sort of agencies, and you know how on earth we've ended up with with such a cricketer from an agency. I don't know because obviously his, his record and his uh, his achievements speak for themselves. However, how we have managed to end up with such a great guy is 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 almost. Uh, is almost more bewildering because he he said in his podcast, which I love, I love listening to it. How he came over here uh, as a as a boy, I suppose. He you know he was he was he was pretty shy, he was pretty quiet, but you could tell that he, he had it in him. He me and him got on very well, primarily because we both liked to sledge. But off of off the field, he's he's such a sort of meek guy. But he was a fantastic. Find if you like, and to get him for two seasons, I mean, even better. And, and what he's gone on to do now is, you know, just desserts for him as a cricketer and as a bloke, really. Just, just a fantastic guy.
0: Now, Curly, moving on to the uh, the next section of the podcast, it's uh, it's the infamous quick fire questions. Oh, okay. How, how are you feeling about these? Are you ready? I'm, I'm I'm up for it. I have I have got the benefit of, of listening to pretty much all the podcasts. so I
1: do pretty much know what's what's coming, but. Uh, you still will definitely have to edit quite a lot of uh, and, <laughs> and wrong questions, wrong answers.
0: <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to not edit somebody's quickfire <laughs> questions and just.
1: Now, I'm, be dreadful for the viewership, and listenership.
0: Yeah, absolutely, bury them in the process. But anyway, we'll give it a go, curls. I'm sure okay. you. I'm sure you're going to be rapid. Um, so, nickname.
1: Curly, Wallowitz, Ratface, Gerbil, Alan Muston, amongst others. <laughs>
0: left or right-handed right battle bowl sweep <laughs> i just i knew that was coming uh, even before i thought about putting you on the podcast <laughs> i knew that was coming it's probably what i would say um f- fielding position
1: K- uh keeper or slip
0: test or t20 test best cricketer you've played with
1: nick burtis if overseas nick burtis uh non-overseas i have thought about this when i was listening to other people's Non-overseas, Khaled sauce, very the quicker. Hate hate the fact that I've said that. But...
0: That's all right, we'll just edit it out, don't worry. Okay, fine, good. Cool. Fastest bowler <laughs> you faced?
1: Sam Tags also mentioned on this podcast, uh, Kings Nets, rapid, very, very friendly with him, which meant he bowled three yards quicker at me than anybody else. So I think, probably not, he probably bowled at half pace, but it was still rapid.
0: Messiest in the dressing room?
1: Ben Morrison. Smelliest and smelliest and messiest.
0: Longest in the shower? Witters. First thing on your plate at teas?
1: Um, Anything from Steve Patterson's teas, infamous teas. I think it was Evan Gulbis's year and he mentioned it actually on his. Didn't mention Steve Pat by name, but I'm pretty sure that was Steve Pat's days and his teas were epic, epic. The sausage and mash combo potato salad was a triumph genius.
0: Sausage and mash potato salad.
1: Well, yeah, I say sa- it wasn't mash, it was cut up potatoes, like new potatoes and sausage with salad cream and herbs. Oh, it was sensational.
0: Dreamy. Absolutely dreamy. Uh Drink of choice. Guinness. Takeaway of choice. Chinese. Dance move of choice.
1: Uh, dad dance. Dad <laughs> dancing. Awful dancing. <laughs> Holding... Actually, no, if I've been honest, my favourite dance move... Is making sure that any wedding or event that I'm at, I have one of my children with me, where I can just about pull off not looking ridiculous. Uh, and so if it's particularly if it's Sophie, I can just carry Sophie around and everyone go, oh, how cute! Stop i
0: from looking silly. Cowardly, cowardly dad dancing. I like it. Absolutely. Three dream dinner guests. Who are they? Uh,
1: I have thought about this one, and it is. Dave Grohl, Brendan McCullum, Nigel Owens.
0: Oh, I'm a big fan of that on a lot of levels. Yeah, yeah. I was happy with that. I, I appreciate as well that you've actually invested some time in it. So yeah. yeah, it was
1: one that I wouldn't have been able to do off the bat at all. Dave Grohl, cool guy, Brendan McCullum. It could have been any number of Kiwis, to be fair. I mm-hmm. really respect how they play the game but also he seems like a a really really interesting and fun guy and nigel owens is just a just a legend of
0: sport one of my sort of secret <laughs> enjoyments is is watching video compilations of nigel owens just absolutely <laughs> rinsing rugby players it's it's fantastic
1: yeah how it should be
0: Acid, acid wit. He's a very, very funny man. He would be a good dinner guest. <laughs> he certainly would. Now, Curls, moving on to the end of the podcast here, um, I must ask you about Ames for, for this season and, and indeed for next season.
1: Uh, it would be lovely to get down to the club. Um, I have been down a fair few times with Soph and Jasp running round. We're only round the corner from it. It's 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 killer to go down there and and walk around and not forget the cricket it's the people. It's to it's to be able to see the people that you know. You can't catch up with everyone on Zoom, even though we have. I have tried. We have tried, and we've seen some of them from time to time. But it's just not the same as as really has really been down there. So I would I would really really love it if we are able to to get down there to catch up with old faces. If we can see some cricket, great. I would love to play a bit of cricket. However, it's you know it's difficult for me these days to play anything you know substantial. But if if you gave me an option now of playing cricket or or being down there, it
0: would be just being down there and, and catching up with some people. Very very good. And uh, what about next season, Kills?
1: Similar, really. Um, I'm very 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 hopeful that by next season everything will be you know not back to normal, but certainly we'll be be starting the season um, in a semi-normal sort of way. And, you know, I, I love the season. I've got such good memories of the season progressing, you know, through the horrible, wet, cold April, you know, sort of through Easter and seeing it get nice. And it would be really tricky to start a season, if it does happen this year, to start a season, you know, midway through. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, Seeing the the full season being down there, Sophie and Jasper will be a year older and, and 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 quite possibly a year closer to me being able to to play more. You know, I'm certainly not <laughs> throwing cricket aside from a competitive side of things yet, and, and look forward to the chance where I'm where I'm back playing with with Sophie and Jasper down there. You know, watching and then Sophie and Jasper likely playing at some point in the longer future
0: curls it's been an absolute pleasure any closing remarks before we wrap the podcast up
1: no not really miles it's brilliant efforts from you testament to you you know you do them so professionally that it's just it's lovely to hear it brings something completely different than uh than you would get from chatting to people on zoom or even beyond lockdown beyond this covid nightmare you don't you don't hear this side of people just when you're chatting to them, you know it, it brings it brings out different sides of them, and it gives them an opportunity to speak. And it's been it's been just so brilliant to listen to, you know, some of the interesting ones that you want to listen to. But probably my favourites are, are more the ones that you don't expect that you know you, you hear things that you don't know about people, and and that's you that's given them that sort of platform. So, you know, massive credit to you, and I do think that this podcast will be a huge asset to the club I think going forward during the season you know in between games talking about successes or failures but also during the off season where you know we sometimes struggle to keep in touch this is definitely going to be a, a massive asset if if it continues on um, which I hope it does in some form or another so yeah the podcast is brilliant and, and please keep doing it and accept my thanks and everyone's thanks
0: well, I certainly do, and it's you know it's always nice to hear um, kind words from people, and and I do appreciate all the uh, all the love and the feedback about the podcast. But what I would say it's it's only ever as good as the people that are on it, and you know bouncing a bouncing a bit of thanks and love back your way, and, and everyone else that's been on it. You know, it's it's all about the stories that are told, um, not the uh, not the boring blowcasting the questions. But I will make the commitment, saying, Curls, the podcast is not going anywhere." So, um, you know, beautiful, yeah there we are yeah. look mate thanks so much for taking the time to uh to come on the podcast have a great chat about cricket and indeed sweeping correct um and uh look forward to catching up with you soon mate
1: good man cheers milo